Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the Tyson podcast. I called it Tysonversation in the past. Hated myself every day for calling it that. So now I'm just calling it the Tyson podcast. And the name may change, but it's pretty much going to be associated with me, Tyson. I have a Guinness World Record for the highest standing backflip. I'm an accredited gymnastics coach and was a competitive Olympic lifter. My philosophy in training is to train to make your body better at doing things, which manifests in training for skills like a video game, adding to my toolbox every day. This is the fifth or sixth podcast that I've put together. The setup has changed a little bit. We have our Blue Yeti here doing a good job. And I'm trying to keep these podcasts to about half an hour unless I'm interviewing someone and address things about functional training, skill acquisition, answer questions, talk about some current events. And that's what we'll be doing today in about 30 minutes. So this is your easily digestible audio of functional training for the week. Enjoy. Send any feedback through. Let me know anything else you want me to talk about. And let's act like I have a massive podcast and do some housekeeping to start with. If you are watching this as well, let me know how you think of my eyes. I don't like how light reflects off my glasses, but I can't read if I don't have these on. So just some housekeeping. Um, While I'm doing it, I'm not yet used to working with the Blue Yeti. Hold on, let's have another round of applause for the Blue Yeti. Upstairs, there's a few footsteps and stuff. So if you do hear any kind of background noise, I apologize, I'm working on that. But people do live upstairs. Um, Second thing is I did record a podcast with Niels. Um, I had mentioned this before. We did the podcast. I'm just having a couple of issues with how I want to do this kind of YouTube video visual podcast. So you have an option to watch it if you want to. And the files are massive. So I'm just working through that. I probably have just put out or I'm working on a wrist workout video. This stems from a couple of people now, a close friend and my sister, both having wrist issues. And I feel like this simple wrist workout that I do would be a simple fix for them if they can incorporate it into their lives and start to build and develop the strength of the wrist tendons and ligaments. So it's a simple workout that I think would be awesome for everyone to incorporate. That will be live either now or very soon. And some final housekeeping is Fusion Gone Wrong 3. When I ask what kind of content you want to see, it's definitely Fusion. So the planning is well underway. I think I'll do an Instagram post, the Tyson Edwards, on Instagram of some things I'm working out, working on for it. I won't spoil too much of it, but that is in the works and it's coming out Soon, I want to work. I want it to be good, though. I don't want to rush this. Obviously, well, how can I rush it? It's been years since the last one, but just know plans are underway. It's going to be awesome, crazier than the others, and lots of surprises and cameos. Check my story. So, a little bit of a training update for where I'm at. I've been, I'm at nearly at the end of a bench press program following the Smolov Junior program, which if you guys search on the app store, you can actually get this app called Smolov. I think it's just Smolov. And there's a Smolov Junior program in there. And I've been using, I've been working on my bench press using that. I did this 
program Smolov Jr. twice in a row, so two cycles of it back in 2017, and I PB'd my bench press, got 122.5 kilos, and I've never had a strong bench press, so I'm super happy with that. And now I've decided to do it again just for overall upper body strength. I think it also helps with, this probably sounds silly to anyone better than me at jiu-jitsu, which is majority of people that do jiu-jitsu, given I'm still a white belt. I've got, I, I, I got a stripe, but um, I'm thinking bench press really helps with framing and keeping people away or just helping you enforce your game plan. I've found it to be effective as I've gone and rolled with this increase in newfound strength in the bench press. And I'm also working on putting on more weight. So I'm eating a lot more. I was around 80 kilos for a couple of years. Post Stronger Series 2, I was about 87 kilos, which was the heaviest I've been in my life. I think with clothes on, I weighed 90 kilos on the scales. And yeah, around 87 butt naked was the heaviest I've ever been. Since then, I was plant-based for a while in terms of my diet and I stopped lifting heavy. So I did lose weight in that respect, went down to about 78 kilos with I think the lightest I got. And then I balanced it out around 80, 81 kilos. But over the last two months, I've really been putting more effort into eating more, being in a calorie surplus and putting on size. And at the moment I'm about 84, 85 kilos, butt naked. So that's helping with the bench press. I still, I don't feel like I'm a sloppy kind of heavy putting on this size. I think it still suits me quite well. I don't feel sluggish or anything. I'm running better than ever. So, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, and I'm just balanced it. The only thing to really to mention, so if you wanna go on the app store, small of junior for bench press, that's what I'm using. And I'm hoping to do two cycles again. And by the end of it, have another PB more than 122 and a half kilos. I'm balancing out this bench press with pulls at the end of each bench press session. I alternate between chin-ups and pull-ups. I just aim to get 30 reps total with however many sets that takes me. And today it just reminded me, I had a spotter today because I usually don't have anyone in the gym. Sometimes my friend can come in and he can spot me, but I don't ever need it. It's just that peace of mind. And then they left halfway through today when I was doing a difficult, it was, it was hard today. I was doing 100 kilos which is 220 pounds, give or take, um, four reps for eight sets. So it was quite tough. And before I started this program, my bench was weak again, you know, like 80 to 90 kilos was a struggle. So the 100 kilos getting up to that is challenging. So they left, I got someone to spot me and they spotted well. Then they went away and I got someone else to come and spot me. And immediately I was like, hey man, are you able to spot me? Uh, just a quick set, I'm just doing four reps. And they were like, sure, six reps. And I'm like, no, four reps. They're like, nah, I think we can get six, mate, come on. And I'm thinking in my head like, this isn't bodybuilding. This isn't where we're like going for our, as many reps as we can till we fail. This is strength training where we, we want it to be a challenge, but still have some in the tank if, need it. It's just how strength training works. We're not fatiguing the muscles to absolute failure, which is what he seemed to be gunning me to do. And I'm like, no, just going to stick a four. Um, so we went there and 
unracked it, and immediately, like, he's holding onto the bar. Uh... I don't think he was really doing anything, but I, I, you could still kind of, if someone's touching the bar, there's still their energy or effort coming through. I felt like they were helping me lift it, and I hate that. I don't want any help. I want them to stand back, and only if I need it, come in. I said, if the bar is coming down, that's when to spot. Otherwise, all good. So on the second rep, I asked him if he could just take his hands away, and he did, and I didn't need him until... Because he'd helped with that first rep, I thought, minutely, if even, I thought I have to do a fifth rep just in case. Keep in mind, this was meant to be four reps. So I did the fifth one. I felt like I was this stupid pleasing pleasing other people mindset. I was like, he'll be happy if I do another one as well. Why the fuck do I care if he's happy or not? So I'm doing this to make up for he possibly helped um, for the first rep and to make him happy because I'm fucked in the head. Uh, a people pleaser. So I kind of fail on that and he helps. But I'm just like, why is it so hard for people to spot? Like spotting is to stand there and if they're failing help them otherwise let them do it themselves we don't need this culture of uh spotting from the start and assisting with the weight every time i can see with body weight training how that would benefit where um i was getting helped in pike press to handstand things like that but when it's just a weight lifting you don't need to help and don't get me wrong guys i realize how ironic this is the fact that i uh spotted Clarence when he didn't need it on his 200 kilo bench and potentially ruined his entire training cycle. Um, but I learned, I hope I learned from that. And I just would from that, I'm probably even stricter now on spotting. I want it to be better because I saw how I failed and how it affected someone. So I'm more strict on that. Um, wow, I spoke about that for a while. My rib injury. So you guys might know I was rolling in jiu-jitsu and my rib popped. So I don't mean my rib broke, but I think the intercostal muscles between the rib bones got strained. So I've been injured. I had to pull out of the competition I was planning to do and have been out of training jiu-jitsu for four to six weeks and then it's been about eight weeks since the injury now so i'm back into training feeling good i'm just trying not to do any bridging or explosive movements by that involve you know bridging or hip extension and twisting because that's where i think it will stretch the rib cage and make it worse off for me again but other than that feeling really good and back to rolling i'm uh what have we got here? Um, I'm, I'm feeling overall in my training that I'm in the best shape of my life, actually, at 29 years old. The only thing I'm lacking is lower body strength, but I'm working, I'm working back to that. Ideally, I would love to be doing Olympic lifts again, but there's a, an injury I've had, which I'll talk about a bit later, uh, to do with my lower back. So what I'm doing is working back to, I'm working on a lot of posterior chain strength building. So Romanian deadlifts, uh, sled pushes, completely leaned over, um, driving through the glutes, glute, uh, hip. I don't know what you call it. It's the one that The Rock puts up on his Instagram where you do glute bridges or whatever. So you have a barbell across your lap 
and you're bridging up, tensing the glutes. I, I'm really not a fan of that exercise because I don't see how it relates to any kind of functional movement. But why I'm doing it is because I want to train my body to activate the glutes and specifically develop the glutes so that they're more likely to switch on when I need them to by doing this isolation training. And that's where I can see the benefit from it. And my running, I've been running. I recently hit a, a PB in my five kilometer distance, 21 minutes, 12 seconds. My training has involved doing an easy five kilometer distance on the treadmill at 12 kilometers an hour as the pace, doing a long run, which is eight to nine kilometers. For me, that's a long run. And then trying to get a personal best or kind of racing on a Saturday if you're I don't know if they do it in America, but there's an event called Park Run, which volunteers run. It's an event that started in England and is all around the country. And there's some in Australia, some events. So I go to that and use that as kind of my test for where I'm at with the five kilometer. I'm running with Adidas Pulse Boosts, which is the first shoe I've ever bought specifically to help me with running. I did consider getting minimalist shoes, but I thought that given the distance of five kilometers and then the other distances within my training, that's too far. And if I got a minimalist shoe, I would need to be doing say kilometer runs to initially start to build that strength in my foot. And I still am interested in getting minimalist shoes, but just not yet and not for this type of training. So I did get a running shoe for that. And I recently bought some citrulline malate, which let's see if I get a PB next week, is a nitric oxide. Um, it helps to dilate the blood vessels, helps to get more oxygen moving through the body. So it's supposed to be helping with this five kilometer run. It's not appropriate for say doing bench press, doing strength training, doing body weight training, but for this five kilometer type of this running, it should be helping with that. Did some research on it checks out so and i have used it in the past but i've not been this serious about trying to improve my time for the five kilometer so let's see how it plays into next saturday's run and why i feel like a lot of my audience listening to this is just thinking why are you talking about running cardio is so uninteresting i don't know why you're doing it and i have spoken about this before but just in case i need to reiterate to people that haven't heard this yet guys if you're putting off cardio, you don't like cardio, it's not what you wanna do, but you are interested in making your body better at doing things, being more well-rounded. Cardio is something I feel you need to address, and I found this out by doing wrestling classes, and during the end of the class, when you are technically sparring, the wrestling version of sparring, I would become so exhausted, and this is someone who's not unfit, I would become so exhausted that the techniques I was trying to apply to defend myself weren't working. My body wasn't doing what I wanted because I was so tired. And this is real. This can happen when you might need it and your body is failing you because you're tired. It's most applicable for me for the mixed martial arts training that I'm doing. And you can translate that to real life where you would not want to get tired in a self-defense type scenario. And that's why I'm doing more cardio training now so that I'm better able to perform for a longer period of time to protect myself and also just 
in general to have a larger gas tank so that I can last longer in any situation. And five kilometers is a good one because it is that higher intensity. It's not marathon training where you're doing, you know, 20 kilometers a week and then like the marathon is 40. Uh, what is it? I think it's 42 or 48 kilometers. I don't even know. A very long distance. Um, it's not degrading my body and breaking my knees down to the degree that it would if I was marathon training. Five kilometers is a good distance to develop my cardio around and it be applicable to things like my mixed martial arts training, jiu-jitsu training, wrestling training. So and a segment I wanted to do on this podcast, current events around bodyweight training because there's so much drama going on. No, so I just thought I'd pick I'd pick a couple of things. I'm still getting used to the blue Yeti. Didn't mean to peek that. I um, thought I'd just pick a couple of things this week and see how it goes in terms of what's happening in the fitness or body weight calisthenics area. So the first one is Simonster. We all know Simonster, I'm sure. It did a Reddit AMA. And one of the first questions he was asked and answered was how important, this is someone asking, how important would you consider cutting weight to be in order to train hard skills? Obviously referring to calisthenic skills or is just building muscle the way to go as in normal weight training? And Simonster answers saying, I think you, I think if you have a reasonably healthy body composition, cutting weight probably is not a priority. Personally, I would focus on getting stronger, and as long as you are continuing to make strength gains, cutting weight is not important. In certain cases, cutting some unnecessary body weight is probably conducive to certain skills, but as a general rule, just focus on getting stronger. And I pretty much agree with that, um, down to the details of what he's saying, as in, if I think if you have a reasonably healthy body composition, cutting weight is probably not a priority and it's in the details there so if you're fit you're in shape if you're looking at getting a strength a body weight strength skill the focus should be more on building strength as opposed to cutting weight at its core the better you'll be you'll be better at body weight training the more the less unnecessary body fat that you carry and the less unnecessary muscle mass that you carry. So the only thing that I want to add to that is that outside that realm of being fit, if you are overweight or obese, you should be focusing on losing that weight before you're prioritizing any kind of body weight strength skill. And that can go at the other end of the spectrum where if you're overly muscled if you carry and you need to be aware of these things uh, have an objective view of it if you are carrying too much muscle because you're coming from a different training background say it was strongman or powerlifting bodybuilding you need to lose that muscle as well because at either end of the spectrum too much body fat and too much muscle mass is just a no-brainer that it takes away from your potential at being better at these body weight strength skills because it's in the name it's body weight you're using your body weight so you ideally want everything 
that makes up your body weight to be helping towards achieving that skill. And that is a certain amount of muscle, but not too much, and a certain amount of body fat, but not too much. And I wanted to do a video on that because it can be quite, it, it might seem controversial, but it's really not. It's just objective facts that if you're carrying more weight than is helping you to work towards getting these advanced body weight or body weight strength skills, it's not going to help. I remember back in 2012 or 2013, I met Phil Heath at um, Mr. Olympia at a, a fitness expo in Sydney. And I asked him what kind of body weight training he did. And obviously, people listening to this would know Phil Heath obviously isn't a calisthenics expert, but his answer was quite, without him knowing, answering this kind of topic or question, he said weighing 240 pounds, and keep in mind he's about five foot nine, I don't really need to do much body weight training, like chin-ups and pull-ups and dips are enough for me because I already carry so much muscle that those basic skills are hard enough for me to trigger growth and change and make some development in the body weight training realm. So I just wanted to add that to Cy Monster's response. And the other current event was I was looking through, because I'm a member at Fitness First. That's the gym that I'm currently training at to do this bench press type training. And I also joined it because I had a sauna. And I have a free magazine. And the magazine, I get it and read it, and it's got a lot of shill articles in it. But I just read one about recovery, training smarter recovery for better results. And this little passage about learning to manage stress, I won't read the whole passage, but it basically talks about if you have stress in your life, it and as not coming from, say, the stress of doing bench press and then going for a 5K run and training handstands and muscle ups and back levers, not the stress from your training, but if you are training a lot, and you have stress from work or from relationships or from meeting deadlines or anything like that, external stress that's outside of the realm of training, that can significantly impact your ability to recover. And I don't wanna ramble on like I've probably rambled on a lot of this stuff already, but I just wanted to add to that, that if you are someone that thinks that you stress a lot or unnecessarily over things that happen in your life, I encourage you to take steps to overcome that. And I don't have any recommendations in terms of watch this documentary, listen to this podcast, read this book, because how I learn, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I'm much better at it. How I learned to deal with stress was through a lot of trial and error and making the mistakes and learning from them. Duh, that's what trial and error is, Tyson. And collectively from listening to a lot of interviews, listening to a lot of, uh, reading a lot of books on that kind of thing. Uh, but in a nutshell, it's, I thought when I did yoga, it captured the essence of how to move past things that unnecessarily take energy from you, is to treat your inhale 
as acknowledging all the things that you do have going on in your life and your exhale being the release of those things. So I'm sorry I can't be more <laughs> descriptive with that, but I just I, I know that yoga did articulate that kind of feeling to me and I know how much stress externally not from training can actually take away from recovering and advancing in your own training so I just encourage you to look reflect on your life and look at the problems that you do stress about and question whether you need to be stressing about this the main variable here is decide whether you have control over this and if you don't have any control, but it is something that was annoying, like I got rear-ended, my car got rear-ended and almost written off a couple of uh, weeks ago. And that's something that was could have been majorly stressful in terms of my car getting written off. Where I live, you really do need a car to get around. So it would have been extremely debilitating in terms of my opportunity, my opportunities to go out and do things. And with it being rear end, getting rear-ended, it's not my fault. So all this shit is coming on to me from something I didn't even do. But I stressed very little about that. I just went through the process of contacting insurance and sorting it out and understanding that there was nothing I could have done. I was doing everything right whilst driving and they were just doing stuff wrong out of my control. It happened, no one got hurt and it's just how it is. And that might've really stressed me several years ago and impacted me then going to the gym and going training. So just to summarize, reflect on your life and see if there's things that you do stress about that you could minimize by just inhale, exhale, letting it go. If you don't control it, try yoga, could be a good studio and you might enjoy it. Um, listen to some podcasts, read some books, and just reflect and be open to improving or changing how you think about things to further improve the way you manage the stress in your life. Um, so moving on from current events, I did put something up on Instagram saying I'm doing another podcast, ask some questions, and I'll answer them. So some questions I got through, have you had sciatic nerve pain? And if so, how did you deal with it? So Sciatic nerve pain can be associated as a bulging disc in the lumbar, I think it is, and the pain can radiate down your left leg because it presses on a major nerve within your body. And this can be something that happens to Olympic lifters, power lifters, people that are lifting heavy weights. And I'm fortunate enough to never have had that. But my worst injury I've had is my lower back and it's not necessarily something that oh like this is the worst one I'm in the most pain this was the biggest accident that could have happened I need surgery it's just a recurring debilitating lower back injury that I have and the pain doesn't run down my leg but what happens is something will happen I'll be doing a movement where it's likely lifting and on the right side in the lower back it feels like it's just above my ass uh, something locks up and it kind of like spasms and locks up and then I'm twisted for about a week and it's it's a, a frustrating injury and I think it happened several times when I was lifting back when I was competing when I was at the bottom of a squat I'd feel it and then I'd be 
injured for that week and then I'd slowly start moving again. Then at the end of Stronger Series 2, when I was doing side splits training, I finished a session and I'd felt it. This was the one time where it wasn't a significant uh, pop or something. And that was injured. And then it happened several more times within a year. And it's just been this recurring injury that I can't pinpoint exactly what it is. I've seen physios, I've got massages, and I've got other recovery methods I've applied to it. But I think what it has, what it comes down to after three years of trying to diagnose is to do with the mechanics of how I move. And I also think, unfortunately, it does just have to do with age and it has to do with the training that I've got in my pocket, you know, what I've, what I've done, what that's done to my body. Not that I've ruined it, but it just cause an effect of doing this type of, uh, Olympic lifting training and weightlifting. And I think there's just something I need to fix within the mechanics of how I move. So that's where I'm at with a lower back problem, but I've never had the sciatic nerve pain. So I can't exactly recommend how to deal with that or give you an anecdote of how I've dealt with it. And we just need to restart this camera. How fun is trial? How fun is this trial and error? Um, someone asked number of times a week spent at Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I spend two to three sessions doing jiu-jitsu. Um, I have a video on this that you can watch on my YouTube. Just go Tyson Edwards on YouTube, Tyson Edwards Jiu-Jitsu, and you'll find it. And I speak at length about my first year of jiu-jitsu training. So you should find, if you want to know how many times a week I'm training, you should find that entire video quite interesting. My biggest fitness inspiration. Oh, my bladder is so weak. Biggest fitness inspiration. So I wasn't going to answer this because I didn't think I had a very interesting answer to it. I was just going to say Arnold Schwarzenegger. When I was young, I saw pumping iron and that got me into, you know, training and going to the gym. But I thought there actually could be something within that is Arnold is obviously not my inspiration now as a as an athlete training because he's old and he's not accomplishing anything physical anymore. And there's a bunch of people that I follow on Instagram or watch on YouTube that I think, wow, they're amazing. Imagine doing that. But they're not fitness inspirations. I don't watch them and go, wow, I want to do that. I, I do want to go, wow, imagine doing that. That's crazy. That's epic. But I don't go, oh, that inspires me to go and get that and train that. So the reason I think there's value within me answering this is because I wouldn't necessarily advocate that anyone should have a a fitness inspiration personality because since I started training and what I've learned over the 15 years, say, well, I've been training since I was a kid, but, you know, that was just playing really but proper training, I've learned that everyone varies so much in terms of their genetics and their body composition and their measurements and how what diet works for them and what they enjoy, what they get a kick out of doing, that to model yourself after 
anyone else is kind of a false false source of inspiration because I'm sure they would differ so much to you that if your aim is to replicate what they're doing in any facet, uh, it will only lead to disappointment or a misunderstanding of why you're not achieving what they're doing. So I'm my own inspiration in that sense because I know that no one is exactly, has the exact same genetic makeup as me. So there's no way anyone could be on the exact same journey as me. I love to listen and learn and watch and take from all different athletes and they inspire me, but I don't have a single biggest fitness inspiration that just... I channel and wish to replicate. So that's the best way I can answer that question. I hope that helps shed some light for you on, I don't know, maybe you just wanted to know some names. Well, you're not getting them. Um, And then some playful ones. Oh, so funny. Uh, Likes and dislikes when you came to the USA. So I was in the USA filming Stronger Bodyweight Workout Series 2. Holla, shout out. And I was there for three months and I had an awesome time. Uh, Likes was the USA. I thought it was awesome. It's so vast. There's so much more. Uh, I was there for three months, but there's so much more I can see. I could live there in the USA. I really enjoyed it. The people were great. Um, everything I went to, uh, I loved LA. I loved going to Santa Monica Beach. I loved the vibe there. I loved San Diego. Las Vegas was cool. I loved San, San Francisco was, maybe I need to do different stuff in San Francisco. Um, uh, but yeah, largely I enjoyed everything about the USA. Um, the only things I can think of that I disliked was our, the Australian dollar to the USA dollar is terrible. So it almost like halves the money you think you've saved as you convert it over there. I don't like that when you go to buy something at the register, it adds uh, tax on there. I think it should just be already added. I don't see why, because growing up where If something is a dollar and you take it to the register, it's a dollar. It's not a dollar and then some. I don't see why they can't just fix that up. So I wasn't used to that and I'd constantly forget and think something is, you know, all this adds up to 20 bucks and then you take it to the counter and it's 20 something else. That was annoying. And tipping. I didn't, I don't like, or I didn't get the idea of tipping. I get it's part of your culture, but it's not part of my culture. And I'm used to that when you go somewhere and you're you're paying for the entire experience. So if the waiter should be being paid this, it's factored into the cost of the meal. So that's what you pay. Being someone that is an overthinker and uh, yeah, has a mind like that to think how much to tip and all of that, it was just too much. I didn't enjoy the whole tipping aspect of uh, USA, but I love, I loved visiting the United States and I would love to go back and adventure more. And yeah, it's just awesome. Um, And then the last question is your favorite brand of coffee. So 
I, in my 20s, have evolved to become a big coffee lover of specialty coffee. Not, I'm not just saying I love coffee just because I drink it a lot kind of thing. I seek high-quality coffee from where it's grown through to how it's roasted and served up. So when I say what my favorites are, it's not just a, oh, the taste with sugar and milk and chocolate. No, I just drink it black. And a bean that I'm, and a brand I'm loving at the moment is St. Ali, which is in Melbourne. Um, their website is just stali.com.au, S-T-A-L-I.com.au. Uh, their coffee I've really been loving at the moment. Just as filter, I have it as AeroPress. And that's the podcast, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. How long have I been speaking? About, we went a bit over. Uh, guys, I, I am aware that I can ramble about stuff. I'm working on it. Um, it's part of the great reason I can have a podcast is to talk about all this stuff and also work on myself. So... Any feedback, feel free to send through. I hope you got something out of this podcast. Um, Look forward to speaking to you next time. I'm going to try and make this a weekly thing where we can just touch base. I can talk about my training, talk about current events, answer some questions, and go from there, you know? Uh, Thanks so much for listening and or watching, and I'll talk to you next week.